Hello, this is Evan Schneider, and welcome to Let's Talk About, produced by the Pace Center for Civic Engagement at Princeton University. Let's Talk About is a series of interviews that engages Princeton University faculty and community partners at the intersection of their own work and the COVID-19 pandemic. Trinidad Rodriguez is the Parent Education and Community Outreach Coordinator with the John Witherspoon Middle School and the Princeton Family YMCA. She graduated from Princeton High School in 2000 and became a staff member of the Princeton Family YMCA in 2001. Beginning as an assistant teacher in the Child Development Department, she currently holds the title of Associate Director of Youth Development and Outreach. Trinidad also holds an associate's degree in child development. Good morning, Trinidad. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd like to take an opportunity to just give you a chance to um, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you came to the work that you do and, you know, what sustained you as you go about that work day to day. I've been working with the YMCA for about 19 years now. Um, I've gotten a whole lot of experience, not just from my childhood, but with working with the YM, Princeton Family YMCA. I've uh, helped oversee the Princeton Young Achievers Program which served many of the kids in the district, the Princeton district who are in kindergarten through fifth grade to tutoring program. And just being someone who comes from Princeton, born and raised, um, I, I know what a lot of the kids are going through, living in a home where the parents speak Spanish, have no idea um, how to help um, their students, or I mean, sorry, their, their kids, um and so like i just feel like i can relate to the to the families and i feel like through experience that has helped uh build the relationship with the families and also because i speak spanish um and i speak english so with that i'm able to to help not only the parents but the teachers when it comes to you know congratulating the kids on the good work or not only just congratulating them, but also if there's any issues or concerns, um, I can help um, communicate it with the parents and then, you know, the teachers and, and social workers need that type of help. So I built the relationship, began to build more of a stronger relationship with the principals in the Princeton School District and um, now have a strong relationship with Steve Cochran and Annie um, over at the Princeton District because of of my relationship through PYA and um, known as the Princeton Young Achievers. Yeah, um, I, I've had the opportunity to, you know, kind of get to know probably some of the same kids um, it, as they get a little older through the community house program um, at the Pace Center. And it, I can tell you, you know, it's really interesting to watch the tutors and the and the and the kids kind of interacting with each other in that space and seeing what we call at, at Princeton the fly students, the first generation low income students. There's so many um, fly students that volunteer at Community House. And so, you know, most of them probably aren't from Princeton, but they have sort of a similar background of, you know, maybe having a parent or two that that don't speak English or that don't you know that don't have a college education and so um you know they they've kind of been through that and understand where those those students are coming from and it's such a valuable uh resource 
to to the to the kids to have those those mentors i'm sure that when they see you they see someone that they want to be when they grow up oh thank you so and how did you can you explain just a little bit like how did that um position at the y evolve into this kind of more overarching um coordinating position um with the y and the school district in princeton so it's a hybrid position um last year i worked closely with monique jones who was also in my position and basically um we worked together with the latinos in progreso which is through the ymca and we also communicated um, about the kids who are in PYA as well. She helped with that. And we had we just had that, we, we built a strong relationship throughout the year, two years, I would say. And um, honestly, I don't know all the details. Uh, the position was basically brought to my attention and I accepted it knowing that I could help make a difference, knowing that the community needs it, knowing that it would be a whole lot more work, <laughs> but worth it. Yeah, it's really interesting because, um, you know, when people come to Princeton, whether they're students or visitors, we have a lot of just people from all over the world that come through the town. Um, it, it's not something that most people are ever aware of, that there are you know, lower income folks in Princeton too, um, because their houses aren't on Nassau Street and you can't really see them from campus. Um, but it's, you know, it's, there's been a lower income neighborhood in Princeton for years and years. And so the work that you guys do is really helpful and vital to helping, um, you know, their kids keep up basically in school and um, get the support they need when, you know, parents are working. And I'm, I'm sure you could probably tell this story a lot better than I am. Yes, yes. I actually also come from Princeton Community Village, which is one of the affordable housing homes. And to see that the school was working closely with the YMCA, with Princeton Young Achievers, we also have um, Marcy T. Crimmins at the village now. And I, I sit there and, and witness all this and I say, what happened? How come we didn't have this when I was growing up? <laughs> I get jealous. Like, I wish I had something like this. We, you know, we needed it. But I, it's, it's a good thing to see that now. Um, it's all a work in process and I feel like it's all helping. Um, any volunteers that, that help with, with anything that's going on in school is always greatly appreciated, especially when it comes to education. That's, that's key right there, the education for the kids um just through experience and just to have someone model for them um the importance of education and just talk about college something the conversation that didn't i didn't have in my household was was college college um is important these, these are the college that you can go to um and just knowing bringing awareness to to the financial help that there is out there is also important i don't want to say that everybody who lives in affordable housing um you don't want to assume that they don't know anything so i'm, I'm not speaking um, about everyone because assuming is the worst thing you can do but I can say there are a good amount of families that that need that assistance and and uh, you know about yeah. college about everything <laughs> yeah I mean I was I was just I was talking to Jason Klugman yesterday who runs the Princeton University Preparatory Program known as PUP and um, you know it's it is really easy to start to to make assumptions and and things like that but you're right I mean 
um, there are some major challenges that lower income families face. And a lot of time education kind of falls by the wayside because there are more pressing issues like, you know, where are we going to get food? You know, how are we going to balance all our schedules because people are working multiple jobs just to make ends meet. So um, I know that the work you all do is so important and vital to the community. So thank you so much. Thank you. You know, I want to talk about how you guys partner with with Princeton and um, the Pace Center and what are some of the most successful ways that you've seen um, that partnership kind of play out? So I've also become really close with Charlotte Collins. Uh, we've been communicating by email, phone calls, text messages. Uh, we really want to see the kids, you know, succeed and move forward and, and help the parents. So um, one way is through the Chasa program. Uh, what's working, what's not working. Um, and we, the beginning of the school year, the kids, we had more kids enrolled, or I could say the kids are still enrolled, but as the days got colder, um, the kids walk up. And so they were just drifting off and I guess going elsewhere or going home and just what they weren't making it. So we came up with a plan um, and Steve Cochran approved um, along with many others for transportation services to pick the kids up from the pace center after the tutoring program with chasa unfortunately uh, it was all in the works and now we've been slammed with COVID 19. but um that's a whole different story because <laughs> it's a whole different world now but yes i do um want to acknowledge all the volunteers in the chasa program because they um, are doing a great job uh, their dedication to our kids is very important. I walked in a few times into the Pace Center and it's been a complete um, calm, calm area. And I believe a, a well area for the kids to learn in. They have their, their computers or laptops, they're playing games, it's a calm, scenery when you walk in there um, and you see everyone trying to work and everyone looks happy when I walk in there. Yeah, so Charlotte Collins is the associate director at the Pace Center and she's the director of Community House. Um, and then the CHASA program that you mentioned stands for, I think it's Community House After School Academy. Is that, I think that's right. Um, in any case, um, yeah, she she is, really really great with the kids she has a special relationship really with all of them as um she was on leave last year she had a, a beautiful little baby girl and um you know i kind of helped fill in and got to know some of the kids that way and they definitely missed her when she was gone we all missed her when she was gone <laughs> um so kind of given your experiences, and I, I just want to shift a little bit into specifically what's going on right now with, with um, the, the pandemic crisis. Um, what do you feel like uh, people need to know um, that they may not know about um, youth and the impact on education that this crisis is having? So we have a good amount of children in the district who do know how to go into Google Classroom, who do know how to check their emails, who do know, or, or not only just know, have the parents that can sit behind them and, and guide them through their assignments and their emails. 
and we also have a good amount of children who do not know. Um, unfortunately, uh, it's it's something new to a lot of us. Just remote learning, the whole it's a whole new world, and not only remote learning, but COVID nineteen. Um, so we have kids and families who have been impacted by either both parents lost their job, or if there's a single parent household and, and the one parent are no longer working, um, we have those stressors in the home with, along with the remote learning and not understanding what's going on um, with uh, learning remotely. Also, um, I don't know, we, we've, what we've been doing now is, is just making sure we communicate a whole lot with the kids. The teachers are calling, the teachers are emailing, they're Zooming. I've been helping with the with the calls, um, zooming in with parent conferences, just so that we can help the parents and they understand the world of technology and what their kids are doing, the assignments, and looking for ways on how we can help them. Uh, it's my understanding that right now the aides are stepping up and they're helping the kids with their with their homeworks, or I'm not I don't want to say homework with their assignments. Sorry. Um, so yeah, a lot a lot has changed. It's a new world to to all of us, and we're all stepping up to the challenge. And I believe that that we can we can do this. It's it's going to take some time, but I believe we can do it as we work together. <laughs> That's important. In terms of you know your work, I, I know that in education, youth development theory is is um, really important. And so I'm just kind of wondering, you know, how do you think about that? And, you know, how do you feel like it might, you know, evolve in light of, of everything that's going on right now? So with the youth development theory, um, there's an important, the, it's important to connect. It's, it's important to build that relationship. And right now, remotely, um, we're all trying to make that happen. We all need to make sure that we're connecting. And if it can't be remotely, just, just calling. Um, but making sure that that the families are okay and, and that the, the students are understanding what's going on. And it's important to be patient, patient with the, with the students. Um, it took me an hour, just about an hour to help one of our students um, get into their email so they can check their message from their teacher. But I, I, it's just about having that patience, being on the other, on the other side and, and guiding the student and just asking them questions. What do you see? What, what, what do you see on your screen? Just, just explain to me what you're seeing and, and do you see this? Do you see that? Um, and then just to see, just to hear that, I got it, I found it. Yes, that's right there. And, you know, do you hear the ding? It's just something, you know, it, it helps them build confidence, which is also something else that we're looking for in, in youth development. How, how do we help the kids gain that confidence? And it's, it's through building that relationship and being patient and understanding them. You don't always have to have to agree with everything, just understand. Just understand and hold their hand and be there for them. And also teaching the kids responsibility. Um, with youth development, um, you have to teach them responsibility, and I think this this is going to help them learn responsibility, learning uh, remotely. But it's it's like I said, it's going to take time. But I believe in our kids. So um, I'm was really interested in uh, you know you've mentioned remote, obviously remote schooling is kind of the crux of what's going on right now, and everything sort of succeeds or fails at that point. Um, so I'm just wondering, you know, have you seen any positive results from a move to remote schooling? And then also, just what are the challenges that, that you've encountered? 
Something that I've seen more, which is positive, is the teachers connecting more. I mean, I didn't see, I saw some of it before, but now because I'm more involved uh, remotely and I was in meetings before, but something about this remote learning is I'm seeing that the teachers are calling. I guess I'm a, I just want to say maybe more. I'm hearing about them calling and really trying to get in touch with the students. Uh, before it was maybe more when we're concerned um, or parent-teacher conferences coming up, could you help us schedule this? But now it's more like I want to make sure that they're receiving the assignments. I need to make sure that they're okay. It's not just about education now, it's also about could you please make sure that, that they're, they're fed or make, see if they need anything, um, any disinfectants, any cleaning supplies for the home. So it's not just about the education with the teachers right now, they're also concerned about what's going on at home and, and just how can they help them. Yeah, well, I mean, that's not very, uh, at least for me, it's not very surprising to hear. I know that um, mm -hmm. teachers, in a lot of ways, a completely unrecognized and thankless job. and a lot of what teachers do is think about the details like that um, that just go far well beyond um, the realms of sort of what their official position is um, in terms of educating you know uh, the kids in their classroom and it's really inspiring um, to, wa to, to watch and, and to hear about um, you know what they're doing and how they're filling the gap in a lot of ways. Um, I, I, it must be it must be really challenging, though, to identify those needs remotely. Have you have you heard any any successes like ways of, of identifying needs? Definitely, definitely. Um, with work working with the community, uh, the community has has helped a ton. We've had parents reach out to us who are willing to donate food for the for the children have offered to help financially as well which i am so grateful for and just to witness that and experience it and then be able to deliver it as well is is meaningful to me and i'm, I'm sure and and i know that the parents are grateful i have parents reach out to me hey is there any way i could get a mask do you know where i can find a mask um from mass to i need help uh with rents i need help with utilities uh internet and thanks to the school the school's map program we've been able to provide devices for the families who are in the meal program and not only families who are in the meal program also there are students who their device just is is not working right now so chromebooks are giving are given to the to the students in the in the district as well but with the map program the students are also giving laptops and they are also given hotspots and we right when this all started um a lot of that had been had was provided already but there were because of the remote learning a lot of the students came forward and said that they needed it and we worked very hard all of us in the district and and getting making sure that they have their laptops and their hotspots and providing them with information on how they can get the free Wi-Fi through Xfinity and giving them the the connection, the parents, the connections for like the phone number, the, the, the Spanish line and the English line so that they can make that call. In terms of um, your work, 
in Princeton, what what do you, what do you see as the most pressing need um, for for families uh, trying to to support their kids in, in a remote education setting? Uh, it, it all depends on the family. Um, to say most, I want to say in the beginning, the biggest concern was providing them with food, because how can the student concentrate if they're not fed? How can they do their work if they're hungry? Um, but right now, it, they, they, there are other things as well. Are they are they safe? Uh, do they have the disinfectants that they need to make sure that everyone in their home is 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 okay? Because imagine if if a parent gets sick, a single mother who or a father who gets sick, and and the the student is trying to learn. We need to make sure that this, the families are protected. It's not just about the food; it's about other things as well. And then imagine if the if the if the families if, if one or, or both parents lose lose work and how are they going to pay rent? Yes, uh, we we've been told that you know it's okay not to pay the rent for a month, two, or three during what what's going on right now, but they're going to have to pay it later. So if we can help them now to to prevent what could happen later, why not do it? What do you think? You know, I'm just trying to think kind of ahead, and uh, at some point, hopefully, we'll be able to to move away from. Uh, you know, all of our remote schooling. And I'm just wondering, yeah, how do you feel like education and teaching will change in the aftermath of all of this? This is a, a wake up call. Many people knew that we have students who are struggling or families that are struggling. But I think now things are going to are going to be brought to light more. I think it's it's gonna it's gonna probably change a lot. Maybe kids are gonna walk away being more responsible, going back to youth development, because uh, at this time I feel like a lot are are definitely learning at their own pace. Maybe they're not able to get to their assignments in the morning, but they can get to it at night. It might teach them to be more responsible. Um, I don't want to say it's it's a positive thing or a negative thing because you never know. It might affect all. This, it it can affect anybody, everyone differently. Um, just like some of us learn better with online schooling, some of us learn better sitting in a classroom. It could be the same thing for our kids. Why not? Some of them might say, hey, I like this. I like learning online. <laughs> some of them might say, I can't stand it. So um, I, can't, I can't say what we're going to see in the next few months because we don't know because everyone's so different. But I, I, we can just help with the process and, and help, help them just be there for them. You know, it's it's really easy to kind of emotionally be dragged down by all of the realities that we're experiencing right now and the difficulties, you know, but it's also helpful to sort of think about what are the positives and, and what 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 brings us, um, you know, hope. So I'm just curious, you know, what it, what's bringing you hope right now? What's bringing me hope right now is our donors our donors and our community working together. I have never seen our community work together. We have so many people in the community who, who, who care deeply about our children. And this is, this is from, from the younger generation to the older generation. We have all types of, of families coming forward and wanting to help. And this is what, what gives me that hope that everyone works together and, and puts their, their best two feet forward and keeps on moving. Don't just stop now, but keep it going because it's always needed and it's always been here. And I'm happy to see that, that we're all working together and trying to make a, 
trying to make a change and, and make it happen. And and unfortunately, it, it had to be through COVID-19. But uh, I just I just ask that we all don't think of COVID-19 as serious as it is, as as a negative thing, because it could make a positive change. And and we can fight that and make it positive. Trinidad, it was a, it was a pleasure getting to talk to you this morning. Thank, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. You've been listening to Let's Talk About, a production of the Pace Center for Civic Engagement. This podcast is intended to be informational only and does not reflect nor represent the views of Princeton University or the Pace Center for Civic Engagement.